Hey y'all, welcome back. We're going to continue our journey through the book of 1 Samuel and we are now in chapter 15, verse 1. One day Samuel said to Saul, It was the Lord who told me to anoint you as king of his people Israel. Now listen to this message from the Lord. This is what the Lord of heaven's armies has declared. I have decided to settle accounts with the nation of the Amalek for opposing Israel when they came from Egypt. Now go and completely destroy the entire Amalekite nation. Men, women, children, babies, cattle, sheep, goats, camels, and donkeys. So Saul mobilized his army at Telium. There were 200,000 soldiers from Israel and 10,000 men from Judah. Then Saul and his army went to a town went to a town of the Amalekites and lay in wait in the valley. Saul sent his warning to the Canaanites, Move away from where the Amalekites live, or you will die with them. For you showed kindness to all the people of Israel when they came up from Egypt. So the Canaanites packed up and left. Then Saul slaughtered the Amalekites from the Hivalah all the way to Shur, east of Egypt. He captured Agag, the Amalekite king, but completely destroyed everyone else. Saul and his men spared Agag's life and kept the best of the sheep and goats and cattle, the fat of the calves and the lambs, everything, in fact, that appealed to them. They destroyed only what was worthless or poor quality. So we're going to pause there because that was not the direction that God gave. That was not the order that God gave. That was not what God asked Saul to do. This is an evil nation, and God told him to take to destroy everything, not to keep what you wanted and keep the best of their items for yourselves. He said to destroy everything. So we'll go on in verse 10. Then the Lord said to Samuel, I am sorry that I ever made Saul king, for he has not been loyal to me and has refused to obey my command. Samuel was so deeply moved when he heard this that he cried out to the Lord all night. Early the next morning, Samuel went to find Saul. Someone told him, Saul went to the town of Carmel to set up a monument to himself. Then he went on to Gilgal. So we're going to pause there again. Now he is setting up monuments to himself instead of to God, instead of giving glory to God, instead of worshiping God, instead of putting God first, instead of honoring and being obedient to God. He is raising up monuments to himself. He He's so prideful and he's so concerned about his image and what people think of him. In, in the long run, obedience is better than, than sacrifice. He lacked tenderness to God, and he was a man after his own heart, not after God's heart. He wanted his own glory and honor. He didn't want to give God glory and honor that God deserves. In verse 13, when Samuel finally found him, Saul greeted him cheerfully. May the Lord bless you, he said. I have carried out the Lord's command. Then what is... is then what is all the bleeding of sheep and goats and the lowing of cattle I hear, Samuel demanded. So Samuel knew that he did not do what God told him to do. He could hear the plunder in the background. In verse 15, it's true that the army spared the best of the sheep, goats, and cattle, Samuel or Saul admitted, but they're going to sacrifice them to the Lord your God. We have destroyed everything else. So now he's making excuses and trying to justify why he disobeyed. In verse 16, Then Samuel said to Saul, Stop. Listen to the, what the Lord told me last night. What did he tell you? Saul asked. And Samuel told him, Although you may think little of yourself, 
you are not the leader, the leader of the tribes. Wait, sorry, let me start over. And Saul told him, although you may think little of yourself, are you not the leader of the tribes of Israel? The Lord has anointed you king of Israel, and the Lord sent you on a mission and told you, go and completely destroy the sinners, the Amicalites, until they are all dead. Why haven't you obeyed the Lord? Why did you rush for plunder and do what was evil in the Lord's sight? But I did obey the Lord, Saul insisted. I carried out the mission he gave me. I brought back King Agog, but I destroyed everyone else. My troops brought in the best of the sheep, goats, cattle, and plunder to sacrifice to the Lord your God in Gilgal. But Samuel replied, What is more pleasing to the Lord, your burnt offerings and sacrifices, or your obedience to his voice? Listen. Obedience is better than sacrifice, and submission is better than offering the fat of rams. Rebellion is as sinful as witchcraft, and stubbornness as bad as worshipping idols. So because you have rejected the command of the Lord, he has rejected you as king. So here we have Saul being rejected. God no longer wants him to lead his people because he's not after God. He's not leading under the submission of God and God's authority. He's leading by his own selfishness, his own motives, his own image, his own pleasures. He cares more about pleasing people and what he looks like among the people than God's rejection or following God's orders. And um, and even even in the heart of the law, God asks us to do things. He desires us to listen and love him beyond anything else, beyond anything we do. He wants our hearts. And that is better than, than doing what you want and sacrificing after. God doesn't want us to just go wander around and then come back and repent. He wants our hearts all the time. If we mess up, we're going to mess up. We're humans. We're going to mess up along the way, but we can turn and repent and turn back to God. But that's different than saying, oh, I'm just going to go do this because God will forgive me tomorrow. That's not true repentance. That's not true submission to God. That's not true obedience. And listening and loving God is God's desire for us. And the motivation of the law is to help direct us to God. In verse 24, then Saul admitted to Samuel, Yes, I have sinned. I have disobeyed your instructions and the Lord's command, for I was afraid of the people and did what they demanded. So again, we see he's more afraid of the people than God. In verse 25, But now, please forgive my sin and come back with me so that I may worship the Lord. But Samuel replied, I will not go back with you. Since you have rejected the Lord's command, he has rejected you as king of Israel. So, so so Saul slowly and sadly declines from here until his death in chapter 31. He's going to continue to decline, but God's going to raise up another king who is indeed after God's own heart. And we'll continue on here in verse 27. As Samuel turned to go, Saul tried to hold him back and tore the hem of his robe. And Samuel said to him, The Lord has torn the kingdom of Israel from you today and has given it to someone else, one who is better than you. And he who is the glory of Israel will not lie, nor will he change his mind, for he is not human that he should change his mind. God doesn't change his mind, y'all. In verse 30, Then Saul pleaded again, I know I have sinned, but please at least honor me before the elders of my people, before Israel, by coming back with me so they may worship the Lord your God. So again, he's worried about his image. Come back with me in front of the people. In verse 31, 
So Samuel finally agreed and went back with him and Saul worshiped the Lord. So Saul blames and makes excuses rather than repents. He's addicted to his image and he's more concerned about his image than what God is concerned about. He's more concerned about himself than the concerns of God. And it ends up costing him being king of Israel. And he's rejected as a king by God in verse 32. Then Samuel said, bring King Agog to me. Agog arrived full of hope, for he thought, surely the worst is over, and I have been spared. But Samuel said, as your sword has killed the sons of many mothers, now your mother will be childless. And Samuel cut Agog to pieces before the Lord at Gilgal. Then Samuel went home to Ramah, and Saul returned to his house at Gibeah of Saul. Samuel never went to meet with Saul again, but he mourned constantly for him. And the Lord was sorry he had ever made Saul king of Israel. So the Lord is no longer with Saul for his remaining 30-year reign after this. This is just within the first 10 years of Saul's reign. Um, and just God, God, we are part of God's story. We get the honor and privilege of being a part of God and his story. We might fail. We might mess up, but we can turn and repent and, and turn back to God and cling to him with all our hearts and he will forgive us and he will set us on our journeys and on our paths and he will make his plans come forth. Our failures do not signal God's defeat. God's plan is going to come forth. God wants us to be a part of his story and a part of his plan, but his story is not hindered by our rebellion or our sinful nature it ends up redirected Saul rebelled and refused to submit to God so God redirected the plan of kingship to another and when we fail God begins anew the story does not end with our failures it's just the beginning and we can turn and we can repent and we can come to God on our knees and come to the throne and say I'm sorry please let me start again I love you God I want you in God if we meet it with all our hearts and fully submit to God he always answers our cries he loves us he never lets go his hold on us is stronger than our hold on him and he has no intention of ever letting go no matter what thanks y'all <laughs>